G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, one of the most important conversations of the week, I always say, is we check in with the Australian Christian Lobby on this week's political agenda. And Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the ACL. Martin's back with us. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good morning again, Neil. Good to be back. Martin, let's start with what is perhaps the biggest and uh, most significant issue that is breaking around the nation, uh, even as we speak, because in Victoria they're about to begin to debate a new bill around conversion therapy laws, and this one just runs rings around earlier ones that have gone before in Queensland and the ACT. Uh, What are your thoughts on the latest developments in Victoria? Yeah, well, this is really concerning, Neil. Um, This is one of the most draconian bills I've ever seen introduced into a parliament in Australia. It certainly is the biggest attack on religious freedom that I have ever seen in Australia. Um, It is titled the Change and Suppression Conversion Practices Prohibition Bill, which is a bit of a mouthful. But effectively, it is so broad in its effect, it bans under threat of criminal sanction and prison terms any conduct that could induce a person to change or to suppress, that is not not manifest, their sexual orientation or their gender identity, even if that person wants, uh, wants, wants wants that conduct to take place, so even if it's voluntary. Now, what does that mean in practice? Well, in practice, that means that if parents have a child who goes to school, hears a whole lot of stuff about gender dysphoria and gender bending and all that, and starts down a pathway of saying, I'm not a girl anymore, I'm a boy, uh, and the parents say, well, no, no, just let's wait and see how this plays out. We, we don't want to start giving you testosterone injections and doing all those things which are dreadfully painful and often irreversible. Uh, well, that parent is engaging in a uh, conduct to induce their child to suppress their gender identity. So they are actually doing something which the bill says is criminal. Um, or you could take someone who is a counsellor. And let's say a child comes in to see that counsellor or that psychologist and the parents say, my child is gender dysphoric. And the counsellor or the psychologist knows just how incredibly invasive and damaging it is to start going down that line. And so they say, well, look, let's, let's sit back and ask some questions and find out if there's some other underlying cause, which there usually is, as you can imagine. Uh, you know, find out whether there's some kind of depression going on, whether there's some kind of mania, whether there's a comorbidity like autism or maybe there's a sexual abuse, which is often something that was checked for in times gone by when gender dysphoria was, was presenting, uh, that, that counsellor and psychologist immediately uh, is not affirming uh, that child's uh, or that person's uh, gender identity and straight away they too are doing something which this bill says very clearly is criminal. But it goes even further. One of the examples listed in the bill as a criminal act specifically listed is prayer. 
and so you can imagine religious practitioners, if someone says, look, pastor, I've got these same-sex attraction feelings, could you pray for me? Even if the person asks for it, that pastor is engaging in a criminal offence by, you know, then maybe putting his hand on the person's shoulder and praying with them. Uh, that is a criminal offence. Uh, I always also thought the other day, you know, the Bible, the Bible induces people to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, it says, you know, uh, you know, there's sanctification available for all who are in Christ. And one of the things that does is it changes your sexual desires. Okay, well, that's, that's criminal. So I don't know whether reading the Bible, preaching on that passage, being a bookseller who sells that Bible, technically under this bill that could be a criminal offence. And the jail terms are up to 10 years. Um, it is a police investigation. And I think that's what this bill will do. I think people like me will get visits from the police for things that we say under this bill. And I don't live in Victoria, but the bill actually reaches across borders. Um, it says, you know, someone in Victoria can complain about conduct happening anywhere in the country. Now, as I say this, people are going to be sitting there thinking, what? You know, is this for real? And the answer is, yes, it's for real. This is what Daniel Andrews has just done. Um, and... I've never seen anything like it. And sadly, there's people in his government who know exactly what they're doing. We're going to run a really big campaign this week. And I'd say if anyone listening is in Victoria, please, if you're an ACL supporter, keep your phone on uh, or sign up as an ACL supporter at acl.org.au. Give us your phone number and keep your phone on because we're going to run a campaign this week to get as many voices from actual constituents in Victoria, and there's thousands and tens of thousands of you, and we're going to get as many of those voices speaking to your local MPs' offices to let them know just how outrageous this is and how it has to stop, and that will put a lot of pressure on them. But you need to have your phone on so that our people can call you and patch you through and do all that, do all that kind of stuff. A very simple act of support from you to really make a big difference this week, and we'll be doing that campaign all week, among other things. And, um, yeah, look, the sad thing is this is one of the biggest attacks on freedoms we've ever seen in this country, but people on the whole are too scared to address it or say anything, and that's why very little has been said. You know, we will say it, but people are very afraid of the LGBT juggernaut. And many bodies that you would expect to be more concerned about this haven't yet opened their mouths. I hope that with a groundswell of community support, we can see more people coming out and saying how bad Bill really is. So just pause here for one moment just to reinforce what you're saying here, Martin Isles. What this bill will do will criminalise parents will criminalise counsellors, will criminalise people who are leading in churches because if anyone seeks even the idea of a prayer because they have some unwanted same-sex attraction, then there is potential jail time uh, if you don't treat that with some way of, of closing down that conversation. This is what we're talking about here. And then, as you say, even the Bible induces people to change sexual identity, does that mean that in Victoria that the Bible may well be eventually outlawed? Uh, is this what you're saying? Well, Neil, what you've described there uh, is, without one word of exaggeration, precisely what the bill prohibits under threat of criminal penalty and jail. Um, and it would precipitate a police investigation if somebody complained. So you, you haven't exaggerated at all. And I, I can't sort of stress this enough to people this is happening. This really is what the bill actually says. And the real sadness about this for me is not just 
um, me and my religious freedom. So for my ability to be able to even, I did a video the other day where I talked about the gospel, particularly in con- in uh, the context of LGBT issues. And I thought, wow, this could be illegal soon. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's that's sort of how I was feeling. But I'm I'm, I'm really concerned for this wave in particular of what, what's being called transgender regressors. People who have gone down this pathway of having their body really terribly mutilated, uh, being you know, pumped with hormones from medical practitioners, and have got to a point in life, sometimes days after surgery, sometimes months, sometimes years, where they say, I have made an unthinkable mistake, and I have done this to myself, and I can't change it, and I was wrong. And that wave of transgender regretters is very, very real. And I know a number of people who uh, take emails and contact from those people uh, because they help them. And they help them when nobody else will, and when they're at their very lowest and they're very, very broken. And many of these people are actually reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and are converted. And I know some of them, and they're, they're wonderful Christians now, but they're living with terrible scars. And I look at this bill, and I think helping those people even offering to help those people is a crime under this bill. And so I'd say again to people, for the sake of basic decency on these issues, keep your phone on and look, even if you're hearing this and you're in Victoria, just call your MP's office and say, this conversion practices bill, this is a terrible idea. I really care about this because the more people they hear from this week, uh, the more likely we are to see politicians galvanise against it. But if they don't hear from us, then because they're a little bit scared of it because of this LGBT sacred cow, they'll probably try and avoid it. The important thing is that we let them know what we think and what's going on. Uh, and that's some simple thing that we can all do, especially Victorians. Uh, if you're not in Victoria, you may feel quite helpless, and I understand that. But I would say this, I have seen so many times in these moments over the last few years that I've been in this job, that the most powerful thing people have done has been prayer. Uh, and so I'd say that if you are interstate, don't feel helpless. Prayer can be the most powerful thing. And you should commit, and we, you know, we, I commit myself to prayer on this issue, uh, and those in Victoria can act. And we really look, do need the prayers, and we need the support in this moment, and we look to God, really, to, to make sure that this doesn't happen, because it's a really nasty thing. And sadly, um, the Andrews government's true colours and their attitude to Christianity is starting to shine through, and uh, I hope that that is something that people start to see in the community, uh, and it reflects poorly upon them. And Martin, there's even a report uh, in uh, the papers over the weekend. A trans teenager has been removed from parents in an Australian first, with the judge saying the parents were abusive for not allowing the 15-year-old's wish to become a boy. Uh, Very much a connected story, and uh, without even a bill passing in the Victorian Parliament, there's a certain sense in which uh, these sorts of practices are continuing, parents losing any sort of control over their own children. Well, yeah, I mean, this is really a horror story, isn't it, Neil? Um, And when I read that story, I thought, wow, if this has happened now, what will it mean once uh, the conversion therapy bill is passed? I mean, what has happened is that there's a couple of parents, they've got a 15-year-old child, uh, a girl who wishes to become a boy, uh, and the parents have said, that's a bad idea. And I agree with them. It's an absolutely dreadful idea. It leads to shattered lives. And I think if the parents think it's a bad idea, they, above all people, are best placed to know their own child. Uh, And what's happened is that the government authorities have said, if you do not put this child on hormone treatment, if you do not start giving them testosterone, which, by the way, is very painful, very 
Uh, it's a course of treatment and hormones that, that causes a lot of pain and difficulty in a person's life. They've said, look, uh, if you don't do that, we're taking this child off you. And indeed, that's what they've done. The police have actually come around and removed that 15-year-old child from its parents. Uh, and they're recent migrants to Australia in the last decade. And I just sit there and think, what must they think? You know, coming here from another country, uh, as if Australia is a place of great freedom, and they lose their child. So this this agenda is already taking place, and uh, it does create a lot of concern for the future. This conversion therapy bill will weaponize that. Uh, those parents will have a much harder time fighting for their child because this conversion therapy bill could even put them in jail for what they're doing because they won't give their child hormone therapy. It's absolutely incredible that we've come to this. Another issue in this trans agenda uh, pointing to Western Australia where prisons have approved allowing prison transfers for those who identify as a different gender. A similar sort of issue here, Martin. Yeah, it's interesting how that um, the trans thing is a real... It's, look, it's a really difficult one because um, it, it's the cause of an awful lot of censorship, an awful lot of anger and an awful lot of activism. And the activism, you see it all over the place, whether it's in women's sport, where they want trans women to participate in the sport, which means biological men. And of course, the poor women completely thrashed uh, and particularly in contact sports uh, it's a nasty end but another one is this business of prisons it's this business of domestic violence shelters it's this business of women's only spaces where women actually go uh, and have a particularly acute need to feel safe uh, and to be safe and uh, there is actually a director of a domestic violence shelter service in Australia who has spoken to one of our staff and said, we've had a number of instances of biological men showing up at our shelters and saying, give me shelter. And they, they feel they have to let them in because of the law and because of the political weaponization of this trans issue. And it has resulted in that person abusing violently women in the shelter. Uh, and that's amazing to think in a domestic violence shelter, you know, and it's the same in prisons. Uh, and again, you see they're pushing in and they're saying, no, you need to let men in women's prisons. Well, what could possibly go wrong? You know, uh, it's it's a disaster. And um, look, that's why I think when it comes to these legislative changes, it's so important that we be part of uh, an active group of people who are prepared to raise our voice when others are silent. And so I'd say again to people, look, be part of the movement. Sign up, keep your phones on and, 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 and take action every time these things come up. Because politicians do listen to constituents. They do. In fact, that's probably the thing they listen to most. If their constituents are speaking to them, they do something about it. I guess society overall loses here, but I've long been saying that women are the biggest losers. And whether it's those issues around toilets uh, or, as you say, Martin, sport, uh, issues in a WA prison, uh, all of these things have major risks attached to them, but there's also a report about uh, the International Day to protest against against violence against women uh, being hijacked by some trans activists who are demanding solidarity with men who have become women, and that's angering feminists. Uh, any thoughts around, you know, the, the way the complexity here is going to get very confusing, the way it all begins to unravel, but uh, there's a permeation into so many areas here and women <laughs> potentially the biggest losers. What are your thoughts around uh, trans activists hijacking even a day of uh, protest against violence against women? 
Well, the truth is that this is, um, it's a raising women, isn't it? I mean, you, you have women and you have men and you have women with women's only spaces like their bathrooms and their shelters and you know, you have women's causes like domestic violence against women, things like that. And all of a sudden, women are being erased because oh, women's sports. You have, you have the bloke showing up uh, and saying, yeah, we want a piece of this, too. And I thought, well, this is what feminists fought against you know, for so long to have their own uh, spaces, their own programs. And all of a sudden, you've got the whole thing being erased. I thought that the absolute um, uh, uh, pinnacle of this was... Uh, when Bruce Jenner, uh, who became Caitlyn Jenner, was given an award, I think it was from one of the big, um, uh, it was, anyway, it was, I forget who it was, it was one of the, I think it was a big magazine or big uh, cultural outlet, uh, and they gave Caitlyn Jenner the Woman of the Year Award. And I thought, well, haven't we come to a remarkable position where, you know, we're told that women can do anything except that the best woman is a man. Uh, because the man gets woman of the year. This is the absurdity of it all. I, I kind of live in hope that the absurdity of it all will actually bring it down because it's complete insanity and complete madness. And I also hope that, um, you know, women increasingly start to raise an alarm about this because they are being erased and they actually stand to lose quite a lot. Um, and uh, the absurdity and the madness of it just continues to show itself uh, and on that basis, I certainly see that younger people are starting more and more to say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Hey, what's going on here? And there is quite a significant core of younger people emerging, in my experience, uh, who politically have not gone down this crazy road. OK, women being erased, and that's not even an exaggeration. And uh, I think listeners today, and I think a sombre conversation, Martin Isles, and one that it needs to be taken very seriously and just to encourage listeners, as Martin has encouraged especially Victorians to be in touch with MPs today, uh, it'll be an important one to make that contact and ask those important pointed questions about that latest bill that's going to be debated in Victoria. There'll be some more details about the sorts of things we're talking about today when you visit the Australian Christian Lobby website. Let me give you the address, acl.org.au. That's acl.org.au. Martin Isles, an important update, but thank you so much for taking some time to share these things with listeners today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.